Recently, Onsboro has been dubbed a destination for millennials, and now city and business officials have been attempting to market itself as among the select places as attractive to this young, tech-raised generation. We're going to be discussing this idea of a millennial Onsboro. Stay with us. This is Inquire. From the Mystery Inquirer, I'm Don Wilkins, and joining me are city government reporter Austin Ramsey and McLean reporter Stephanie Salmons. I want to start with Austin, a millennial himself, who has written about millennials and their attraction to Owensboro. But before we get into the attraction aspect, Austin, first tell us what defines a millennial. Well, Don, first of all, thanks for having me on. Um, the definition of a millennial is kind of multiple folds. And the reason for that is because someone can define a millennial by a personality trait or just someone's maturity level. But the technical definition is anyone between the ages of 18 and 37. Now, why that's important is because cities and economic development corporations and chambers of commerce all across the nation and really the world use statistics about millennials to determine sustainability in a community. And here's why. If you think about it, if you have a lot of young people in your community, then it's pretty likely that those young people are going to stay and they're going to create jobs and they're going to work jobs and they're going to have children. And so your community is not only going to grow, but it's going to be able to sustain the growth that's already occurred. So having millennials in a community, especially of late, is something that communities are striving for. Yeah, I'm fascinated by by millennials just because of the generation they grew up in. I'm of the X generation, Austin. I mean, so does, do you know what that makes me as far as my age, right? I, I would never even <laughs> venture to guess, Don. <laughs> well, I know what, you know, playing outside, you know, whenever that was actually a thing, uh, you know, backpacks, you know, that was something that I didn't have growing up uh, as far as either whether te- uh, carrying textbooks or just like when you have a backpack, you just carry your personal stuff in, right? Yeah, I carry a backpack to work every day. <laughs> that is, that is uh, just foreign to me. And so, you know, anytime, like, I wanted to hear something or view it, think about this, I had to rewind it. Blows my mind. Well, I will say, I will say, Don, I do remember the days where I went to Blockbuster and uh, we would rent VHS tapes and, and I would have to remind them. However, I was very, very, very young at the time. So, yeah, I mean, that was a thing, you know, when you actually went to a video store, rented videos and... Uh, you know, that's just something I, my kids can't relate to. Now they just download it, you know, from their Xbox or from their iPad or, or whatever, and they have no clue. They don't even, I can't even get them to go to their grandma's house because she doesn't have Wi-Fi. <laughs> you know, it, and it's funny, Don, now that you mention, there is somewhat of a gap sometimes, I think, between older generations and millennials. And sometimes that can cause a little bit of tension between different generations. And that's something that I've found in my reporting that older people in government, especially, are having to learn to overcome. Because no matter (laughs) what you think of millennials and how annoyed you are by the fact that they're constantly on their phones or they're they're the tech generation, what have you, um, no matter what your opinion is of them, 
at the end of the day, they're probably going to outlive the older generations. And so they are the future. I think that's what a lot of older generations in government and in uh, economic development are, are realizing right now. Okay, so back to this idea of of a millennial Owensboro. So if I remember correctly, it was an October 2017 story from the USA Today that ranked Owensboro 11th in the nation in a millennial tracker that listed the number of mortgages closed by 18 to 37-year-olds. Yeah, Don, so there were a number of stories. I, I don't know if that was the first, um, but... That was, the one, that was the first one I found in our archive, and then there were... Several subsequent following. Yeah, that definitely. A lot of a lot of people were were taking note of of such a small town being ranked on that list. But that's kind of what got me interested in this. Um, I saw a story at some point a few months ago that listed Owensboro among one of the top destinations for millennial home buyers. Now, why that is important is when millennials are buying homes in your community. That's a pretty telltale sign that they are going to stick around in your community at least for uh, some time. And so I looked at the the reporting that had been done, but of course that was mainly just ranking. You know, the, people had looked at the data that had been made available by the Ellie May Millennial Tracker, and they just ranked cities based on uh, the percentage of home buyers that were of the millennial generation. So I went to the data that they specifically were citing, and I did some math and I ranked some of the findings that I found against census data to find as much information as I could about these millennials. And what I found on average is that these millennials are pretty young, about 27 years old, and they are about half married and half single. And the homes that they're buying in Owensboro are on average about $176,000, which is a pretty low compared to the national average, which is in the $230,000 range. But the credit ratings of some of these millennials in our area are a little bit lower than those on the national average as well. So what that shows is that uh, creditors in the Owensboro area are willing to take some risks with millennials, and to a large degree, it seems like it's paying off. And so you did this enterprise story uh, around the 1st of January, and where you talked to millennials, local millennials, and so from your research, what did you find out the main reason why they were moving to Owensboro? Well, after I had done some of my statistical reporting, I was really interested in finding out where these millennials were coming from, and the reason was because I think a lot of officials in the economic development world and on the government side were kind of touting this research and they were they were for lack of a better phrase tooting their own horns a bit for all of the work that they had done downtown all of the work that they had done on the east side of Owensboro and saying look we're we're attracting millennials which is a great thing but I wanted to find out whether or not that was actually true um in other words where they were coming from so I interviewed about two dozen millennials. I, I spent two evenings going to bars and restaurants in Owensboro, which I, I got to say it was, it was a, a fun bit of reporting. I, I, don't always get to, uh, I don't always get to do that on the job. And I just, I just spent time talking to my peers. I had some statistical data that I was looking for, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to talk to people. And I did. And I found out that on average, most of the people who 
are of the millennial generation who are moving to Owensboro are not moving here just because of a better quality of life or a good job. Rather, most of them have some familial connection to the area, whether that be they grew up here and they have an aunt or an uncle here now, or their parents live here, or their grandparents live here. Most all of them, and I'm talking a huge percentage, chose Owensboro because they had a connection to the to the area. And a lot of them had some less than favorable ratings of Owensboro when it came to access to entertainment venues and things to do on a Friday or a Saturday night. I don't think that those were reasons that they were necessarily going to leave Owensboro, but they were problems that they had. So what the city government and what economic development officials were saying about why millennials were coming to Owensboro was kind of true. They were saying that it's a lower cost of living. It's a great place for kids. It has great access to green spaces and public parks. All of those things were true among the millennials that I talked to, but those weren't the reasons they came to Owensboro. Those were the reasons they stayed in Owensboro. It's a kind of minute distinction, but it means a lot when you're trying to market yourself as a destination city. See, see for us ex-generation folks, everything you just said, why millennials have issues with Owensboro, are the very reasons why I love Owensboro. Because you get my age, going or leaving the house, it's just too much trouble. So, you know, so everything that you just mentioned, I understand it. You know, know, when you're you're young, yeah, you want things to do, you want places to go. I, I get it. But being bored, when my kids come to me and say, I'm bored, I'm like, lucky you, you know, you're bored. So um, so we brought in Stephanie. Okay, Stephanie Salmon, she's here because she... Hi, guys. Yeah, so um, you did not grow up here. Nope. And, and you're a millennial, an older millennial. I'll put my finger quotes up, an older millennial uh, who grew up in northern Kentucky. So talk about the difference between being a millennial in their 30s, versus ones that you've encountered, such as Austin, in their 20s? Um, Well, I think for me, uh, technology is really the the big standout difference. Uh, I'm 32, almost 33. So people my age, we really kind of grew up with the technology. Uh, The younger younger folks, I don't know how old, how old are you, Austin? When were you born? I was born in 1992, and I am 25 years old. I graduated from high school <laughs> in 1992. Uh, yeah, so um, uh, people who were who, who were my age kind of kind of grew up with um, this this technology and came of age with this digital revolution. You know, we remember a, a, a time before the you know the the dark days before all of this stuff was available, but we also grew up um, and came up with it. Um, you know, I, I remember um, getting computers in my second or third third grade class, um, which um, there there were just four or five, I think, um, and I'm sure that was a huge deal for a rural elementary school back in 1993. But uh, and it's not like it is today, where the technology is so interwoven with education. Um, uh, I remember getting our, our first family computer, like a, um, you know, a nice modern PC for Christmas uh, when I was in the sixth grade. I think that was around 1996. And even then, it was a few years before we had 
internet. And that was the the dial-up. And, uh, you know, these these young people today don't know the, the struggle of trying to survive on dial-up internet. Yeah, I had one of my kids literally last night come to me and says, our Wi-Fi is going in and out. Help us. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, you know, from, from my mindset, when you grow up without any of that and remembering what it was like to actually go outside and play, actually, you know, find things to do within your own home that didn't involve technology, it's just hard for me to relate. But I can remember, you know, being, you know, a kid and my uh, my parents were kind of the same way toward me, you know, whenever I would come to them and, and, and complain about whatever it was. But uh, it's just the generation thing that I recognize, and especially every time I see Austin walking in here with his backpack. You know, that, that first computer, it was... Um it was phenomenal, you know, not by today's standards, obviously, but, you know, it had solitaire, and in 1996, that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, now even as old guys, you know, whenever I realize I've lost my phone, you know, that sinking feeling that you get now, you have to figure it out where it is or your day is just ruined. And so it's it's amazing, though, we all, regardless of our age, have been able to adjust ourselves to this tech world that the millennials grew up in. And, you know, there are some uh, obviously pros to it and obviously some cons to it. So I, I hope, Austin, that you know how to communicate with people, not just tweeting and, uh, and, and Instagramming or whatever you millennials do nowadays. Well, at the very least, Don, I can write. That's that's the one way I can communicate, uh, and I guess I, ca- I guess I can podcast too. I can write and I can podcast. <laughs> so we are doing something right here. We're trying to communicate, and so I hope uh, as the millennials and then my kids are, I guess they are considered a, as part of the I generation now, and grow up and use this technology to our advantage and not to become uh, uncommunicable sloths, as I would call them. So. Uh, I guess we'll leave it there. That will wrap up our show for this week, and I want to thank Mr. Inquirer reporters Austin Ramsey and Stephanie Simons for joining me. To send us questions or to provide feedback, email us at newscast at messenger-inquirer.com. And remember, you can find us on the Mr. Inquirer's website, its mobile app, and iTunes, where you can subscribe to Inquirer. Until next time, I'm Don Wilkinson. Good day for Inquirer. Inquirer.